Good morning, happy Sunday, and welcome to today's episode of Weightless with Dr. Carol Penn. It is a glorious Sunday morning here in New Jersey on the coast. We hope that you will give us a shout out and let us know where you are joining us from live this morning. I am so excited to welcome you here today. And you know what this is, Weightless with Dr. Carol Penn. We are on episode number seven of season nine, where we explore what it means to be weightless. So what does that mean for our health? What does that mean for our mental states, our emotional states? What does that mean for our spiritual states? And I, along with my superstar friends, bring you expert information to help you optimize your life and do what? be weightless. So today's show is no different. You'll be meeting my new superstar friend, Dr. Latasha Thomas. And our theme today is movement is my medicine. Movement is all our medicine, right? And yes, you know, that's my tagline. Movement is my medicine. And we're discussing today why movement is medicine. So I am so excited for you to be meeting her momentarily. And we also have a special opportunity to support a project called Embracing Buffalo. So what could be better than a show that invites the community participation, shares expert information, oh my goodness, helps people stop being best kept secrets because all my guests are fabulous, generous people making the world a better place, optimizing health and well-being, and doing what? Making sure we can all be weightless. So let's enjoy our theme song as you join in on this Sunday morning. And right after that, we will have the first message from our sponsor. Here we go. Weightless, weightless. No matter what people say, you're full of greatness. Greatness. Time you opened up your eyes, you were courageous. Courageous. If only they could see you going through your paces. It's amazing. Weightless. No matter what people say, you're full of greatness. from our sponsor. Next week, Dr. Carol and several of her colleagues from the Center for Mind-Body Medicine are collaborating with the University of Buffalo and the Western New York Peace Center to bring four days of hope, 
healing and renewal for the community of Buffalo for of oh pardon me <laughs> for the community of Buffalo of healers and survivors of the May 14th shooting. This is an attempt to address the myriad of horrors that preceded the shooting and symptoms that continue in the painful aftermath. This four-day program is called Embracing Buffalo. If you'd like to support this program, go to the Western Peace Center logo link below. Thank you. And now back to Dr. Carol and her super friend guest. Yes, indeed. That's WNYPeace.org. W-N-Y-P-E-A-C-E dot org. So Western New York Peace Center is a non-for-profit organization. You can go to their website and learn all about the amazing work that they have been doing, are presently doing, and will continue to do into the future. Why? To make this world a better place. And wherever the world is being made a better place, it's being made better all over because we are what we are, an interconnected web. So you pluck the strands in one place, the whole thing vibrates. So let's support those people and those organizations that are doing good things and are being the change we need to see in the world. So no donation is too small and we are grateful. Now back to the theme for our show today, which is movement as medicine. Why is that so important? Well, I can give you a long answer for that, but I have someone here who is going to be sharing her expertise and is going to be giving her answers for that. And she is coming from the world of physical therapy, something that I have benefited from. Yes, yes, yes. Good morning and welcome, Victoria. Thank you to CETO in the house, another wonderful organization, as well as colleague and the sister profession to physical therapy, occupational therapy. So you all have met Victoria. Now let's meet today's guest, Dr. Latasha Thomas. I'm going to bring her on screen as is my tradition. So you can just take in how beautiful and vibrant she is this morning. So Dr. Latasha Thomas, PT, DPT, NCS, is the CEO and founder of Extend Physical Therapy, LLC. She is a doctor of physical therapy and a board certified neurologic clinical specialist with over 12 years of experience. With a focus on quality and holistic care, she encourages every client to progress towards their rehab goals prevent functional decline, and maintain their independence. Dr. Thomas provides customized workouts for patients according to their music preference to enhance their motivation toward their goals. Care that is personalized and not dependent on insurance gives the patient the power back so they can focus on goals, not barriers. Her caregiver training takes the burden out of caregiving because caregivers matter too. 
With her com comprehensive approach, she focuses on healing one family at a time. If you are looking for a unique and client-centered service, contact her today. Good morning, Dr. Latasha. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for having me. I am so glad you are here and thank you for just jumping on fresh at the end of a vacation, which you probably need a vacation from your vacation. <laughs> I had family vacate with, with some young ones in tow. So I know how challenging that can be. Challenging that can be. Well, you are... Uh, as I said, a doctor of physical therapy and how we met. We met at this wonderful conference, which was celebrating survivorship and it was stronger than cancer. It was sponsored by the Ocean and Mammoth Health Alliance. And we were panelists that day. And what a wonderful conference that was. And a lot of it was centered around the importance of movement with two panelists, yourself and myself, that were really speaking to that and talking about that. So I know that I was very impressed with what you were saying and what your approach is. But before we get to that, I would like to ask you to tell our audience who they're just meeting you for the first time, how did the young Latasha grow up to become Dr. Latasha Thomas of physical therapy. Well, um, I always knew I wanted to be in medicine. Apparently as a kid, I would always say I wanted to be a singer and a doctor. Um, <laughs> so those were my two dreams. And um, I, once I got into high school, I really started to hone in on what I really wanted to do in medicine. I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician. And then I realized I didn't want to see sick kids every single day. And I still wanted some flexibility in my life. I don't know why I was thinking this way as a child, but I really wanted to have a family and be available for my family. And so... Um, while I was sitting in my medical careers class, uh, a physical therapist came and she started talking about her lifestyle and how she gets a personal relationship with her pa her patients. Um, still professional, of course, but more of a personal relationship with her patients. And it really intrigued me. Uh, I also watched my dad go through back surgeries and things like that. So I had a little bit more inclination in that way. And I like sports and I figured it would be a nice merger. So I thought I would be a physical therapist for the mystics. And then I went to school and I realized that I really, really wanted to impact the lives of people that really, um, you know, had a hard time for themselves and that that really struggled to do the basic things like walking. So I um, that's where I fell in love with physical therapy and it stayed with me ever since. I love that. I love your story. And you you said a couple of things in sharing your story that I'll just go ahead and, and highlight right now. So one reminded me of myself because here I am, the dancer and the doctor. And you <laughs> said singer 
and the doctor. So now I didn't know this. Can you sing? (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) I can sing a little bit, but that's kind of where my, the music comes in for me as a therapist. It, It sets the tone in my opinion for the session And um, so I ask patients, what do they want to hear? And we just go for it. Sometimes I end up humming. (laughs) But um, yeah, it sets the tone for the session. That is so interesting to me because I'm just returning from a four-day conference in Colorado that was offered by the incredible, inimitable Dr. S. Ama Ray, the founder of Embodiology. And one of the six principles of Embodiology is centered in the study of rhythm and the relationship of rhythm to the neurobiology of the body and then our movement stemming from there. And it is that relationship that is ultimately so healing and so dynamic. So here we are. It is all coming together, folks. All the worlds kind of melding together with dance, music, rhythm. And of course, your understanding of that is that it does make it easier to move when you are using the music and marrying it to the rhythm. And then suddenly the body is in motion, in a way that if the person wasn't being made aware of the rhythm, sometimes makes it more difficult to move. Have you found that to be so? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And then you'd be surprised, you know, one thing that struck me, I used to work at a rehab hospital um, when I was a student, and it struck me that a patient who had a stroke and could not speak Um, would be able to sing a song that they recognized and knew. And so there were just little things like that that have really made me intrigued by the profession, intrigued by the body and the brain and how it works. Um, So yes, the the marriage of the movement. And then every now and then some of my patients who struggle with their balance will um, break out and start dancing. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me make sure I have you, you know, you're safe, but go for it, you know, go ahead and dance. And so it's really interesting how, how all that comes together. And, and this is all tied in with our neurobiology, isn't it? It's centrally mediated, which is just fascinating to me. I don't, I don't think I'll ever get tired of studying that, interweaving it into my work and talking about it and also helping people find avenues to it, right? So that what we could do what? That we can have fabulous life, optimize our health and well-being and ultimately for me, be weightless, feel weightless in our body so that the body feels free to move. Now, another part of your journey, you spoke about beginning to formulate these ideas and sharpen your direction in high school. Now, I know there are people who have joined us this morning that have young people in their lives. And how important is it to begin to cultivate what it is you want to do with your life 
in high school. Talk about that. Or is it sooner than that? Is it junior high school? Is it elementary school? Well, I think it's it should start early. Um, I was just at a conference last year, the Educational Leadership Conference for my profession. And what's sad is that um, there are very few African-Americans in my profession, right? Mm -hmm. There's about 3% in my profession. And one of the reasons for that is that there's no true pipeline to physical therapy, um, for underprivileged and underserved populations. And so they were really talking about how do we attract more minorities to our profession? How do we diversify our field so that we can then reflect that back to our patients and we can also reflect that back to the younger people? And I think that's one of the reasons that it's so important for people who may be interested in physical therapy to go to your local outpatient clinic and say, hey, can I volunteer? Can I get some community service hours? Can I be exposed to the profession? The other thing is um, a lot of people think that physical therapists only work in outpatient clinics, that we're only around when there's sports involved. And that is so inaccurate. We have so many new um, new. Uh, what do you call it, specialty areas that we can dive into. And a lot of people don't know that. So we have pediatrics, we have um, oncology specialists, we have women's health, pelvic floor specialists, we have neurologic specialists like myself, we have, of course, have sports and conditioning. So there's so many different areas that you can change your profession that you can, um, if you become a physical therapist, you can diversify, you can go into education. It is a really good field to be in, um, very rewarding. And so I think the problem is that people are not exposed to it at a very young age, unless they themselves have gone through it. Um, so if you have someone in your home who just mentioned athletic training, physical therapy, not really sure what to do, Maybe sports medicine, but I don't like school that much. <laughs> um, you know, all kinds of things. Just try to get them linked up with a physical therapist. You can you can reach out to me via email if you choose um, and, and really try to get yourself in the profession, get exposed to it so you can see if it's something you're really interested in. Oh, thank you so much for offering that. And you all know my guests are incredibly generous and they do say reach out to me and she just said it. So if you know someone who is thinking about, I know when I see patients in my practice and I do see a lot of children in my work with the Federally Qualified Healthcare Center and I ask every one of them, what are you good at in school? And what do you want to do with this thing that you're good at in school? And far too many of them say, I don't know, even up to the high school ages. I'm going to send them to you. <laughs> I want you to send an email to this lady because I want you to learn about a profession called physical therapy, which I'm sure a lot of them will have no idea what that is. And for our viewing audience and our listening audience, could you define what physical therapy is? Because I do believe a lot of people, even adults, aren't sure of what that definition of physical therapy is, as well as the scope of the field. 
Right. So physical therapists, um, by definition, would be considered movement experts who improve quality of life through prescribed exercise, hands-on care, and patient education. And that comes from the American Physical Therapy Association. Um, what that means in a nutshell is that we improve your quality of life, which means that we help you regain function. We help you um, improve activities that you may be struggling with. We also help as far as helping you get out of bed. Some people don't think about the fact that physical therapists work in the hospital as well. So we come around to the room and we say, all right, it's time to get out of bed or it's time to roll or it's time to engage your muscles to whatever level that is. Um, so we preserve function in that way. We help people regain function. Um, the thing I love about physical therapy is it's hands-on care. It's what I help you do that makes you better. Um, and so that's that's the thing I love. And I also love the patient education portion where we really get to teach. So if you're someone who likes to teach, but you also like being physical, you like exercise, this is a good profession for you because every single day I'm teaching my patients and their families how to navigate through life. And so that's that's some of the things that we do. Um, there are physical therapists who make a whole lot of money with with um, sports medicine. You know, they're in, right there at the field, right there on the court, um, making sure that people recover in that way as well. So there's a whole range of things that you can get involved in. Oh, my goodness. That is so exciting. So you mean to tell me that physical therapists have areas of specialization, just the way we do in medicine. And I know yours is neurology. Could you talk a little bit about your area of specialization as a physical therapist? So my area, I think, is amazing. All of them are. But I really have a heart for neuro, um, for neurologic patients or patients with neurologic deficits. Um, so I handle vestibular functions. So people who have dizziness. Um, I also help with uh, stroke, people who've had a stroke, brain injuries, um, aneurysms, um, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, anything neurologic. Um, I don't treat pediatric patients. Um, but that's pretty much where my specialty lies is really helping people regain their function and helping their families navigate their new normal. Okay. Now, as a family medicine doc, I write referrals to physical therapists often. Mm-hmm. Is that the only way a person can get involved with physical therapy? Do they have to get a prescription from their doctor or can they engage with a physical therapist directly? So that's a really good question. Um, Some states are not direct access and some are. So um, the best thing to do is look into your insurance. And um, but you can also try to engage your local clinic or there are also therapists that work cash based only. So let's say, for example, you've been discharged from physical therapy. You feel like it's a little too soon. You can reach out to a cash based therapist. clinic or therapist and see if you can get services there. Excellent. Excellent. And now my 
first exposure to the concept of physical therapy actually occurred when I was a little girl. My mom was the director of nursing at a large state psychiatric hospital. And I learned the word physiatrist and that being a doctor who specializes in rehabilitative medicine. So primarily, what is the difference between a physiatrist some people might have heard that word or been exposed there. And you as a doctor of physical therapy, and, and what is the connection between the two and how do you work together? So good question again. Um, we also, we work very closely together. I actually work at a facility where um, there are physiatrists in the same department. Um, and so the physiatrists may do other things um, where they can do, may be able to do injections or Botox or different things, different other medical modalities that we do not participate in. Um, but then the physical therapist is the person who's really carrying out that plan of care to help you get better, giving you the prescribed exercise. Physiatrists also do that, but they're not going to walk alongside you in the same manner. Um, you probably won't come back to them except maybe once a month or once every three months for your check-ins. And so they often refer us um, patients and then we kind of go send them patients back if we're not meeting our goals and things like that. So it's a, it's a close marriage between the physiatrist and the physical therapist. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So thank you for providing us with all of that rich background information about the different aspects of physical therapy, what a physical therapist does and is, how and when children should be introduced to the idea of the field, which may, we hope, lead to the increase in populations who have been minoritized and who might not know that this is a wonderful opportunity for them. Because you also said in your opening remarks that it was hearing a physical therapist who came in to your school and you were participating in a program of you know, the medical arts and learning about different aspects and different careers in medicine. So what I'm hearing is that representation matters. Do you remember, Was first of all, was it a male or a female? Did the person look like you or was it different from you? <laughs> it was definitely a female. We're a female-dominated profession now. Um, and it was, the person did not look like me at all. Um, but for me, that wasn't so much of an issue because my school system didn't always look like me. It was fairly diverse, but I was used to other people being in my sphere. Um, and it didn't phase me. I knew that the world didn't look like me. So I was okay with that. But I think if you are growing up in a population where a lot of people look like you and you don't see your representation in the field, it's difficult. And then when you go on to college, right, and you're trying to overcome certain barriers, unfortunately, I made the decision in high school, well, fortunately and unfortunately, um, to go to a predominantly white institution. There's no problem with that. But the reason my focus for going to a predominantly white institution was because I wanted to look good on my application for PT school. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to think like that. 
I never should have had to think like that. Any institution with good grades, I should have been fine. Um, and then when I went to grad school, I chose an institution um, that I that had a good name. And I did that on purpose because I wanted to be marketable in the field. So everything worked in the way it was supposed to. But I think if I had more representation along the way, I think I wouldn't have worried so much about some of those things. Uh, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that part of your story. And now one more part about this path of physical therapy. And I'm, I'm staying with this stream of thought because I think it is incredibly important. Uh, some of the things that I do in, in my work in exposing uh, people to the profession of family medicine and medical school is to try to help guide them what courses should people be taking? So once you get out of high school, you know you want to go in this direction of the sciences, possibly physical therapy. What are the courses that you need to be prepared to take? And then what are the courses that you actually take as an undergrad? So you, you really need to be prepared, excuse me, to take um, all of the sciences, right? So if you want to major in something other than the science, you have to take the science credits. What I suggest is that you look up your local physical therapy program before you go to college, right? So you look up a local program or a program you may be interested in and you look at their requirements. Nine times out of 10, they're gonna be chemistry, biology, anatomy and physiology, physics, behavioral statistics, those are going to be your core classes for sure. Um, you want to make sure that you take those for science majors and that you get those credits. So really, before you go to physical therapy school, you can major in anything, but you have to have good grades in those core classes. I also suggest that you are um, you diversify your experience while you're in undergrad so that you can look pretty good and well-rounded on your application. That is so important. So for me, I majored in exercise science and I double majored in psychology. So my goal was, I was, I don't know why I was so forward thinking, but I said, <laughs> if I don't get into PT school, which is my number one priority, if I don't get in, I'm going to be a psychologist. That just, that was it. Um, so I diversified my experience. Now in the long run, the psychology background actually has helped me connect to my patients more. So you can major in anything, but just make sure you take those core classes. And the best thing to do is look up a, a school, what are the requirements to get in and make sure that you meet those requirements. Oh, I love this. I love all this. And my mind is just turning over as we will have an opportunity to rebroadcast this show. And I really would like to be able to target our audience and send this out to schools, school administrators, because we have to get this information out to our young people. There is a whole world that needs them and needs their brilliance to shine in the best and brightest light. And physical therapy is a critically important feel that contributes to the health and well-being of all of us. You also talk about in your bio the concept of 
functional movement. What do you mean by functional movement, Dr. Latasha? So movement is good, whatever level it is. So if that means um, that just turning your head, right? I've had patients who um, are paralyzed, right? So we're working on shoulder shrugs and head turns and things like that. Um, We can, that's the cool part about physical therapy is we can make it functional for whoever we're dealing with, right? Um, It can be rolling in bed. It can be sitting at the edge of the bed and working on your sitting tolerance. It can be standing just for a couple moments, Mm -hmm. sitting and doing exercises. I think some people are so used to just hanging out in front of the TV. They are struggling to walk. They're scared to walk. They have fear of falling. And so they don't do anything. Well, if you don't move, you lose, right? We've all heard that. Um, and so whatever that looks like, um, engage in movement and it should be helpful for you. Excellent. Excellent. And, and for me as a dancer who has had different dance related injuries, for me, functional movement would always mean that restorative, what was the movement Right. That was going to be restorative. That was going to get me back to my art. So for me, it would always be just that it, it, it wasn't enough to be able to sit down and stand up. I had to be right. able to sit down, stand up, leap across the room, roll over on the floor, <laughs> come back down to a floor position and get back up again. So I think functional movement or the definition of functional movement really depends upon the function that you're trying to restore or maintain and the, and the, the, the level. So you mean to tell me that you will take all the way from people who have minimal movement, people that are basically paralyzed. And then is the process that you might look for, what is still functional in them and then begin the therapy there and try to improve that. Yes. Yes. So that's the importance of our examination um, is to figure out where are we starting, right? What what's the starting point? What are your goals? And then making sure those goals are realistic and walking you towards the goals. Right. Um, And for you, if it's, okay, I have an injury and now I can't do this particular movement. Well, now let's break that movement down. What muscles are required to get you back to that point? What stability is required? What flexibility is required to get you back to that point? And so that's that's the beauty of our profession, right? So it's the, the art of caring and the science of healing. We actually are looking at the function and what can we do to get help restore that And let's be honest, in some situations, we can't get you back, right? So if I have a patient sit in front of me and they say, um, you know, maybe they've had a traumatic brain injury and there's a lot going on and they really want to run again, right? And and we know functionally that the real, you know, maybe they want to run again and that's fine, but they didn't run 20 years before this injury, right? (laughs) It's so that happens now, you know, we have patients who will come in and they're like, I want to run again. And I'm like, okay, so when was the last time you ran? Oh, you know, back about 20 years ago. Okay. Well, let's make it functional, right? Let's make it realistic. Um, 
So, you know, helping people meet them where they are really and um, helping them maximize what they do have. Oh my. So thank you for that. Now you said something, the art of caring and the science of healing. That was one of our taglines. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, that's a fabulous tagline. I love it. The art of caring and the science of healing, Mm -hmm. bringing the two together to restore functional movement. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I just wanted that to kind of percolate in people's ears and from the ears to the mind, because that's a wonderful, wonderful statement and a wonderful approach to this healing modality. Because I really feel like, you know, without movement, there simply is no life. Nothing happens. Movement is the piece. It is absolutely fundamental to what it means to be evolving as a human being, evolving as a spiritual being. It doesn't happen in, 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 in something that's frozen, right? It happens in something that is moving. And I think this is why also that powerful motivation to move. Yes. But you also mentioned that you run into clientele who are afraid to move. They're afraid of physical therapy. Mm -hmm. I recently had a patient, same thing. She's resisting going to physical therapy. She Mm -hmm. has a sense of a fear of falling and some sense of fear about being restored physically. How do you help those type of patients overcome that? That's one of my favorite patients. Um, so reality is um, that everybody wants to be heard and not every physical therapist is the same. We're just not. It's just like any other profession. Sometimes you connect with your therapist and sometimes you don't. And that's okay. But that doesn't mean you should give up on the entire profession or the entire um, modality of healing, right? And so... For those patients, I usually use education more initially. Um, I want them to be comfortable understanding their condition. I want them to be comfortable understanding what it is that we're going to do. And I give them a little bit of that power back and help them make choices, right? And I think sometimes uh, people in our profession may just kind of come and this is what we're going to do. That's not what people want to hear. Um, sometimes we need to walk alongside the patient in order to get our goals accomplished, right? So I like, (laughs) my patients tend to laugh and have a good time, and that helps open up the door for them to do more and feel more comfortable with challenging themselves and feel more comfortable doing challenging things with me. Um, And so I would just encourage those patients, if you're afraid of falling, it will increase your risk of falls, Right. And so just by nature, if you are afraid of falling, you're more likely to fall Um, because number one, you're going to avoid those activities, which is not a bad thing if you're doing it safely. But at the same time, you're decreasing your use of the stability muscles, right? And things like that. So it's okay if you're afraid of falling, definitely need to see a physical therapist. 
if you feel more comfortable, see a specialist in that area. Um, but it is it is important to really educate those patients, starting there with the benefits of it, um, and just don't use one situation with physical therapy as um, the end all be all. Yes, I've had patients when I've asked them, "Have you tried physical therapy?" And they go, "Oh, I tried it. It didn't work. I didn't like it." And and oftentimes the root of them not liking it when we explore is that they didn't feel listened to. They went there and someone just kind of did an overlay. You know, uh-huh. this is what we're going to do, and this is the the algorithm, and and boom, not really asking them, not really getting to know the patient, asking them their goals, or encouraging them um, their own engagement and their own uh, participation. A couple of things that you mentioned about specializing and offering your patients home programs that they can do and on their own, which I think is very empowering and giving people a sense of agency over how much they can do on their own. And of course, under your tutelage, they've got the guardrails on so they know how to execute safely. So we're going to get ready to go to another break from our sponsor. And we're going to find out a little bit more about how people can participate in embracing Buffalo. Hopefully they will be encouraged to send a donation, no matter how small all of it counts. And when we come back, I want to talk about your company and your venture as an entrepreneur in health and wellness. So we can find out what you offer there and what your programs are about there. So we'll be back in a moment. Here's a word from our sponsor. Next week, Dr. Carol and several of her colleagues from the Center for Mind, Body and Medicine are collaborating with the University of Buffalo and the Western New York Peace Center to bring four days of hope, healing and renewal for the community of Buffalo, healers and survivors of the May 14th shooting. This is an attempt to address the myriad of horrors that preceded the shooting and the symptoms that continue in the painful aftermath. This four-day program is called Embracing Buffalo. If you'd like to support this program, go to the Western New York Peace Center link below and click. Please think about supporting this wonderful effort. Thank you. And now back to Dr. Carol and her super friend guest, Dr. Latasha Thomas. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We are delighted to come on back here. And I just want to lead off before we continue our conversation as a part of our conversation with a quote from the founder of the Center for Mind-Body Medicine, my friend and my mentor, Dr. James S. Gordon. This is from his wonderful book, The Transformation. For many thousands, shaking and dancing has become a daily practice, prying people loose from the terrible memories that have oppressed them, enlivening their bodies, bringing them day after day more and more of the relaxed awareness, the meditative mind that dispels trauma and allows them to savor each moment. Do you find that after you are working 
with your patients, particularly when you are working with your patients combining music, that they become more relaxed. And once they're more relaxed, they find greater freedom of movement. Absolutely. Um, They find more joy in the sessions. I find that I'm able to get them to do things I probably couldn't get them to do before. Um, And they want to come back. (laughs) Um, And so that's, that's one of the key things as well is the carryover is better. Um, so yes, they, once they relax, um, we have a better connection and, um, we're able to accomplish more. That's wonderful. The idea there, there is some marriage between what you do in physical therapy and the ongoing and emerging science in mind body medicine. And part of it is that Movement is centered in the continuum of mind-body medicine, as is music. So a lot of the work that we have done through the Center for Mind-Body Medicine, culturally sensitive, Mm trauma-informed, falls along that continuum. There's nothing that we don't do without breath, movement, and rhythm, right? Always, 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 always layering that. Now, just as this work, that mind-body continuum, has really swung toward the trauma-informed, dealing with post-traumatic stress syndrome, etc., do we find a parallel with that in the physical therapy world that is dealing with post-traumatic stress syndrome-related movement challenges, for example. Absolutely. Um, One that sticks out, the first thing I thought about um, are my patients who have post-traumatic stress and um, they have vestibular concerns, right? And so we know that the autonomic nervous system will heighten. We talked about this at, you you talked a lot about this at the Stronger Than Cancer event. And, um, and how that will heighten and then it can exacerbate or create other psychosomatic things, right? Psychosomatic um, problems. And so helping people deregulate that um, while we're doing therapy is so important. And if I saw someone spoke about in the chat how um, clients don't want to go to their providers because they're not feeling listened to. Well, that's the gateway, in my opinion, for um, helping with some of those conditions, right, that are, have an overlay of um, PTSD or other psychosomatic conditions. So, um, yes, it's very important to to address those things and to really, um, you know, use breathing and meditation and things like that, even in their alone time, um, to help with those symptoms. And it's really been helpful. I can remember um, sending a patient to do integrated health and wellness activities because I got to a wall with her and it was, there was only so much more I could do for her. I knew that physically. So I encouraged her to do some things, um, and, you know, along the lines of meditation and massage. And, and she said she had never felt better. So we might've taken her pain from a nine to a three and that three just would not budge. And then finally she started integrating other activities 
And that was what made the difference for her. She had been pain free for like a month when I ran into her in the hallway. So let's not ignore how closely that mind body connection is. Oh, beautiful. You know, that's music to my ears. And so (laughs) I'm really seeing. So for me, I'm so excited. Can't finish my sentences. I'm really seeing the synergy and the wonderful connection that there could be between mind-body medicine and the medicine of physical therapy and finding those physical therapists in the community Mm -hmm. that feel the way you feel and really want to marry the two. That's the physical therapist that I want to be referring (laughs) my patients to. Because all of that matters and the fact that you saw that, you understood that. And you said, now let's bring in the full spectrum. Mm -hmm. And to go from 10 to 3, get stuck at 3, well, why just leave her at 3 when there's more that could be had? And then being able to expose her so she had that agency and could bring herself down to being what weightless right freedom of movement in her body joy in her body her body as her friend again i love it i love it i love it which brings me to another question for you dr latasha what are the questions that patients need to ask of a physical therapist. So they're trying to find out if this physical therapist is the physical therapist for them. They're trying to find out what the physical therapist offers. So what is the list of questions? Because a lot of people don't know what to ask. They don't know how to interview their (laughs) health professional. They know I'm here for some reason, but beyond that, they don't know how to get the best out of the session. Well, the first thing you can do is pay attention to how they're asking your questions, right? So all of us know how to do a history, and um, but it's how they ask you the questions, right? And so making sure that you give your therapist the full picture is very important. So if that means that you need to take notes before you go to your session, what, how are your, what are your symptoms? How, what is the duration? What's going on? When did they start? Those are questions that we're going to ask you. Once you get past the history, you get past them doing your exam. One of the important questions you need to ask is what does all this mean to you? Right? So, so now that you've done my exam, what does this mean? Can you explain my condition and your thought process to me so that I can understand where I'm headed, right? Um, these are some of the things that the therapists will probably or should lead with, right? So once I'm finished with my exam, I tell the patient exactly what I see, what things we can work on, and what's the process going to look like, right? But if they don't tell you those things that you need to ask, what does this mean? What is the process? How many sessions do I need? And what can I do? This is the key. What can I do on my own? Crickets. People don't want to ask that question. You know why? Because they want to come to us and they want us to fix them. That's not how this thing works, right? So we know that when we prescribe a home exercise program, a lot of people don't do it. 
Um, we now have trackers, right? So if we prescribe you a virtual program, we can figure out if you logged on. <laughs> but <laughs> depending on what we use, right? But people don't take responsibility for their healing. You have to, if I see you three times a week for one hour a day, that's only three hours. How many more hours could you be working on your healing, right? How bad do you really want it? So nevertheless, what can I do on my own is a key question. Um, if you have particular goals, right? And your therapist did not ask you what your personal goals are, I would suggest that you in that you share them. My goal is to return to walking three miles a day um, so that I can spend time with my family in the theme park. I don't know, whatever it is. Um, there's no goal that's not a good goal. Whatever your goals are physically, you should share those with your provider because they should know how to make it patient-centered and they should know how to make it relevant and salient to you. If you go to a session and you feel like you're being treated by a tech, which happens in some cases, and you're not actually seeing the therapist, um, then you can say, hey, I want to see the physical therapist. Um, or if you are being evaluated, some clinics, only the therapist only evaluates you and sends you to someone else. Ask that question day one. Will I see you each time? Who will be the one who's treating me? Very important question. Every patient I evaluate, I treat. You know why that's important? Because I'm able to walk through that plan of care. And if I have a, a physical therapy assistant, they are very critical as well in our profession. They're carrying out a plan of care, but there should be communication between the person providing the care and, and your therapist so that they know that the goals are being reached or, or getting closer to meeting those goals. So you want to know those things and also ask um, what are some of the milestones you're looking for? Oh, thank you. I think that information is going to make a huge difference on the patient side. So if you find yourself referred to a physical therapist, Dr. Latasha has just schooled us. These <laughs> are the questions that you want to ask critically important, and what can I do on my own needs to be amongst those questions. Because the, the healer is the person that you look at in the mirror, right? You know, oh, you, I like that. I like the, that. The way that, you know, you heal yourself and your connection with your best and higher self, that your understanding, your relationship to the divine, that's the healing. That's the healing. Us medical professionals, you know, we, we are an extension of that. We are able to give guidance, but the healer you look at every day in the mirror, it has to come. It's an inside job, isn't it? It is. I love that. <laughs> I love yes. That. It's an inside job. If you're, you want to do nothing and you expect somebody else to, to do it all, that's, that's only provides a very temporary path, not that, that true healing and the true return to function that you want to have. Now we've got a few minutes left. Talk to us a bit about your venture into entrepreneurship and your extend PT, your LLC. So this is all new. Um, to be honest, I've been a 
a therapist for 12, oh, yeah, 12 years now. And um, I love what I do. I've been in multiple different settings. Um, but I would really like to give that personalized care um, with a vision, physical touch. And so that's the tagline for my business. Um, it's Extend Physical Therapy, LLC. I provide telehealth services. Um, I can provide one-to-one care. Uh, I am in the Maryland, D.C. area only. Um, but then there's also another side of my business, which I spoke to you about earlier. I really, really love educating families and their caregivers or loved ones. Um, and so I do provide caregiver training um, virtually. And so that's something that people can tap into as well. So I do have a Caregivers Matter workshop. And um, so if you're interested in that, just reach out to me at my website, extendpt.org or email info at extendpt.org and I'll get you that information. So I hope that you will um, use some of those tips, get a good therapist. Um, don't let all of us give you, you know, don't let one person give all of us a bad name. Um, and I, I do strongly believe that we have really talented people in our profession. Um, and sometimes they just don't, you know, connect with one person, try another. Oh, well, thank you. And listen, all of you caregivers out there, and at some point, it seems like everyone is going to be a caregiver, do go to Dr. Latasha's website and find out about her caregivers course. I think that is powerful. We'll have to do a whole show around caregiving because that is a special field in and of itself. And I'm so glad that your heart of love has led you to that pathway. And it is yet another gift that you have to offer this world. And when one person heals anywhere in the world, because we are interconnected web, we heal everywhere in the world. So thank you for being our guest today. We're going to get out of here and let our wonderful viewing audience go on back to the rest of their Sunday. We're inviting people to download this episode once it's available as a podcast and to share it widely. There was a lot of information that we shared here today. And it was so wonderful to learn about the field of physical therapy and movement as medicine. All right, y'all. See you next week. Thank you once again, Dr. Latasha. And we're going to ask Kenny G to play us out. Let me see if I can get to that. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? There we go. See you next Sunday. Bye, everybody. Greatness, greatness, no matter what people say, you're full of greatness, greatness. Time you opened up your eyes, you were courageous, courageous. If only they could see you going through your paces, it's amazing, weightless, weightless.